Just educate the people, T-Row. Come on. It's true, though. Um, Pretty much every sport is fighting the uh, the stay-at-home-and-watch-it-on-TV crowd. So... um, I don't. When is the last time I'm trying to think? Of, I know Jerry's World is what's it ninety plus, but that's probably the biggest stadium that's been built recently. And you think of a hundred thousand seat you're stadium just, that's been built. You're, recently? You're just talking about a brand new stadium that was built. Um, yeah. I'm, SoFi doesn't look like it's a hundred thousand. I don't know the exact capacity on that one. NFL stadiums, like I don't they're think usually any like of sixty-five them. to seventy. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. They they look more for. Uh, you know, accommodating the people that are there, not necessarily yeah. just massive crowd sizes. Part of the reason so, their yeah. their their capacities are smaller is because they all have individualized seats instead of like bleacher seating, where you can pack more people in. I mean, I think that's uh, that's one of the reasons they're limited. But you know, the point stands. Like I, I don't like anyone that's building a new stadium. Like if Oklahoma scrapped their stadium right now. And built a new one where where the old one was, they'd probably build a sixty five thousand seat stadium that looked oh. like uh, an NFL stadium with individualized seating. That's a good question. Um, I think that you're probably right about that. Um, that might freak some people out. They may not love that. Maybe a little bit north of sixty five, but regardless, I think that you probably have the right thought process on that one. And, and, it'd be it'd be it have a way friendlier type of you know most stadiums now like for example our east side upper deck and we've got limitations i understand because they're adding on to an old existing stadium but like the east side upper deck is a long ways away from the field right um you ever sat up there what you ever been up there before it's yeah you feel kind of i mean it's it's way up there man way up there and way back You know, like like the west side upper deck, like most upper decks, there's there's an area that hangs over the 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 lower bowl, um, and like you you see most stadiums that are built now, I, if you're in the 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 last seat, the highest seat in the stadium in the third deck, you you're still like right on top of the field. They stack it straight up, you know, on top of each other, um, and you know it's just there's there's really not a bad seat in the house. So, so uh, text line AT and T Stadium capacity eighty thousand. I I think like can't they make it to ninety thousand or something like I that? I think so. I think it holds. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's been ninety thousand in there. And they maybe- can expand seating somehow. But, but it's crazy though because AT and T Stadium is just so massive, especially when you're inside. It, it's just such a massive place, but. The Cotton Bowl actually holds more than yeah. the AT&T Stadium does, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, AT&T Stadium, it's just the amount of people that you have in the suites. Somehow they've – they've. got to be a great salesman to sell a suite. Suites are not cheap. Can you imagine how much a suite costs in that place? They sell suites to people that are below the field. Yep. Yep, you can't see behind if you're behind the bench like a lot of those are. You can't even see the field. No, you can't even. You can. I don't even think you can see the players on the bench. I mean, I look up at the screen the entire time. That's fun. It's your only choice. You're you're at the game, but you're watching it either on the jumbotron or on the TVs in the suite. 
Which, I mean, I, uh, there's some appeal to that, I guess, but, I mean, it's still a hell of a salesman. Uh, Jay in Tulsa, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is around 70,000 people. So, yeah, that's kind of kind of the direction that, they've, that they're going here. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, I feel like college is different, says the text line. People will come to games if you are a top five team in America consistently. NFL doesn't attract those types of fans. Also, loyalty in college is different. Than the NFL, as well as days of the week, make a huge difference. It, it, there's there's a lot of truth to that. College is definitely different. Um, number one, it's it's cheaper. Um, you have way more season ticket holders than you do in the NFL. NFL's way more individualized. Uh, you know, week in week out purchases. At least I think. I mean, a, a lot of this. I'm. I just would say assuming, that's true. I, I would say that's true. Uh, like I think Oklahoma is some some point had like around sixty thousand season ticket holders. I know there's no NFL team that has that, so there there's a lot of that, and people are going to come no matter what. Uh, they're going to come rain or shine for the most part. They're going to come like you got to imagine, or you got like just consider that three. Usually three of your home games are what is the equivalent of an NFL preseason game, right? As far yep. as uh, – and sometimes it's not three, but at least two of them that you're a massive favorite against. Uh, you know, the outcome is pretty much already already built in. Uh, in the NFL, like you look at the attendance for preseason games is, is terrible. But uh, preseason or rather non-conference games against – you know, even FCS opponents in college for like the big programs is still, you know, who do we open up with next year? It's it's going to be sold out. Sure. So, um, I, 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 judging by the text line and social media, like what Joe C said today, like there's really no urgency to get to 100,000 seats. I think most OU fans are, yeah, okay, I, I, I get it. It's not really a big deal to me either. There, there's been a few that are, well, come on. Like, it would be fun to get to 100,000. Let's do it. I, I don't think there's, there's a day that OU ever gets to 100,000. But, like, Joe C. also said at the same time that, you know, he, he's not totally closing the door to adding seats in the future. At least that's right. what he said by his previous tweet. So, I think that their approach is the right approach. It's the stadium is fine for right now. Let's see how it goes in the first two to three years in the SEC. And then in terms of number of seats, you kind of assess things after that. I think that's the right way to approach it with a, what, 87,000-seat stadium. Let me ask you a question. What is the um, – what, what's the baseline don't, – don't you have to have a donation now to get season tickets? Unless you're grandfathered in, I think that's the case. So, like, if you're getting new season tickets, do you know what the baseline donation is? A thousand bucks? I don't know what the the baseline donation is. No, text okay. line might. Some people have gone through that. Well, let's just say we have right now. I don't know what the number is, but let's say we have sixty thousand season ticket holders, and you want to increase the uh, the stadium to a hundred thousand. If all of a sudden you have 25,000 people that are willing to donate a $1,000 a year for their season tickets and purchase them on top of that, then if that influx of funds happens, 
then yeah, Josie will be operating a crane out there if that happens. <laughs> they'll be holding meetings immediately on how can we fit more people in here. We've got we've got demand outpacing what we can provide when it comes to seating to watch our games. So, I uh, if you honestly want a hundred thousand seat stadium, that's what it's going to take. And yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it's outlandish to suggest that if we go to the SEC. They happen to give us an unbelievable schedule in the first year with some great home games. And we have a really good year this year. Make maybe make a win the Big Twelve and make a semifinal. And you're 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 pointing forward into next year, first year in the SEC, and you have all of that coming together. I, I don't think it's outlandish to think that there would be a, a big build in in people trying to get into season tickets. Text line says 500 per seat is what I had to donate. Uh, this one from the 405, $5,000 donation for box seats. Planning on buying two more box seat season tickets for me and my OSU fan girlfriend. Ooh. Only way to get her there for every game. I see That's that. an expensive date. Is, is that 5000 a year you donate for that, I'm guessing? Or is it just a one-time? I'm thinking it's every year, but uh, there's a big difference between the box seat experience and the bleacher seat experience. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, 100%. Yes. Um, what, what do you do? Like Number one, you don't have to stand on your seat. Don't most people end up standing on their seat? Now, how that ends up my, working? So we sit, uh, I think it's what, section 10? So that is northeast corner of the end zone, right? No, northwest corner of the end zone. I don't see a whole lot of people standing on the bleachers over there. I'm kind of uh, what they call the blue hair side of the stadium. You know, the the older folk, I guess, is over there. And you get a lot of people standing up, but I don't don't know. I I remember as a kid a lot of people standing on it, but that, that doesn't happen as much where I sit. For whatever reason, but it, yes, that does happen. I say no. I just got an interesting idea uh, I've created for a way to raise some funds. You know, our cell phones are listening to us, anyways, right? We just need an in-stadium app that's in your phone that's listening to you, and it's a five hundred dollar fine every time you yell "Day down in front." Oh, I love that so much. Right? In a two in a two year ban uh, <laughs> two on attending ban. any games. Yes. <laughs> I'm so for that. God, that'd be amazing. Good stuff. Well it, there'd be about thirty thousand people at the game, uh, after three games of, of enforcing that though. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. I'm I'm I think that the attendance is is going to see a, a boost whenever we start to get new SEC teams rolling through. But it's just like anything else. I, you're not going to have a bunch of people that want to come watch us get beat by whoever it might be. So I, there has to be – got to get both sides of it. You have to have a good schedule and you have to have a good team. Right? Yeah. You have that combination, then – you're going to see those that stadium packed like it hadn't been in a long time. Uh, 580, 50-yard line, $1,500 a year per ticket plus ticket price. So six tickets, 9000 plus $3,300 for tickets. Okay. 
Yeah, fifteen hundred a year. I get so I'm I'm guessing it's it's not just a it's different for wherever you're located. Premium, uh, yes, higher correct. and yeah, yeah, changes. Um, did I see that you were hanging out with uh, former Sooner Jeffrey Johnson yesterday? Yeah, where'd you see that? Uh, social media is where I saw that. I don't even know who posted it, but you guys were out shooting guns, is what it looked like to me. Yeah, he's uh, he's a heck of a he's a he's a crack shot on shooting skeet with the old twelve gauge. Uh, we had a good time. That was pretty cool. Which um, it's really we were just hanging out. There's a they've got a big event coming up, um, which Cedar Gate, which is out there. Ah, uh, oh gosh, I don't know Kingfisher area. And uh, they've got, like, Warriors for Freedom uh, event coming up April 22nd. And uh, we were just kind of doing some promo stuff for that. It's a really cool place. If you haven't been out there and you have an opportunity, people need to go check that place out. So he embarrassed you then? Yeah. Jeffrey Johnson? Of course. On the range? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He did. So we're clear. Yep. Embarrassed me? Did, did he Did he say anything interesting about last year or the program or anything that you feel would be good for the show? Um... Yeah, he he just he really had a bunch of really good things to say about it. Honestly, he he really did. He he was uh, very complimentary of of Coach Venables of the staff, um, kind of everything that went on. Was happy that he he uh, decided to come to Oklahoma. He he did think that like whenever he came on his visit, because yesterday it was really windy. But when he came on his visit, it was super windy and it was really cold. And he thought, man, it's just it's probably just like a happens to be windy and cold this day. It's not like this all the time here. Psych. He's right. It's not all the time. There's there's like seven days a year where the wind's not blowing. Yeah, and it's in July when it's uh, 108 degrees outside. When you're yeah, begging that's, that's for a little breeze to, to, to get the fan going. Yeah. yeah he's going through the uh, summer workouts. Yeah, that's fun. I uh, We'll get to a lot of these texts coming up next segment. Um, but that – it is cool that Kyler Murray's uh, his, his statue unveiling is going to happen at the spring game. Joe C confirmed that earlier today. Are we going to get the little skip across the goal line for his uh, statue? Is no. that what it's going to look like? No, it's going to be it's going to be like the traditional like football at the chest, like he's back in the pocket, standing ready to throw downfield. That's what that that would be my guess. I think he should do it like uh, the old Bo Jackson photo that you probably had up in your room. Yeah, the back baseball in Gibson. bat. Yeah, and the shoulder pads on. Yeah. Just do that. I don't have a problem with that. That'd be cool. No, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what they're going to do, but I imagine it's, it's more of a, more of a standard quarterback pose. I would think. Right. I bet someone on the text line yesterday. Uh, they wanted an over under for the spring game, and they gave me thirty thousand, and I just went ahead and took the easy money in the uh, over on the thirty thousand for the spring game this year. Right. Yeah, I think. Um, I I think a lot of people will be there for that. I think a, a lot of people went last year, and obviously, don't you think the people that were there. Enjoyed it, wasn't it? An, an, an enjoyable experience. It was awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, and I know it's hard to look back at anything that happened last year and say, "Wow, that was actually a really good memory." I mean, the the Nebraska trip was still one of the best road trips I've ever taken in my life. But that that day at the spring game, man, whether it was people just like the game had already started 
and people just kept filing in. Yeah. Like, there was a time, Teddy, where – and it was somewhere in, in the beginning of, like, the first quarter where at least I was paying more attention to the people that continued to flood in more than what was actually happening, happening on the field. I, I don't know. It, it was a – it was a spring game unlike any other, that's for sure. Yeah, I I don't know if we're going to have 70 or 75 or whatever that final number was, but I think it's going to be heavily attended. Um, anytime you have a Heisman uh, Trophy unveiling, there's going to be a lot of people there. I think that he's going to have uh, a lot of his, his former teammates that were – that were with him at Oklahoma and in the NFL, I think there's going to be a big list of guys that probably come back. Uh, amongst other, I think you're still going to see, even if they didn't play with Kyler, I think there's going to be a, a bunch of alumni that are coming back for that game. So, I, I could what do you be think wrong, the spring but... game? What do you think the spring game is mostly about? Like last year, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it's normally the excitement is around the new. And last year you had the new head coach, you had the new quarterback, you had all that. Like I, I still think it's going to be a really good crowd because there's still enough new to get excited about with the five-star quarterback, the recruiting class that you had coming in. I don't think it'll be 75,000 like last year, but there's still I, – I think it's mostly about the new is what people get excited about, and yeah. there's plenty there this year. Plenty there. I think that – I think this spring there's going to be – um, people that are really excited to come see the new on the defense because you're going to have like a five-star edge guy in Atabare, a five-star safety in Peyton Bowen, a, uh, a transfer elite athlete in Deshaun McCola, uh, a couple like Trace Ford, who's a local kid that's, that's now at Oklahoma. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons – a lot of new defensively that I think people are going to be excited to see. We I don't know when's the last time we've had one, let alone two, elite defensive recruits that are early arrivals that are, people are going to be able to come out and watch. Early two thousands, most likely. And those, I mean, and seriously. you didn't have early arrivals then, you know? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe never. That's crazy. Uh, one text. Someone's giving it up to you here, Jamie. Uh, they call him Chap. Thank you for your interest and work with Warriors for Freedom. Look forward to seeing you. Awesome. So good on you. Your, yeah. your Wednesday sabbatical, you, you put it to good use yesterday. Good group. They do a lot of good work. Um, they, um, they're fighting hard. You know, a, a, a lot of their, their resources go to, to try and uh, curb the, the, the suicide rates from, from veterans. It's, it's brutal. It's, it's horrible. And they, they ton, pour a ton of money into those resources and – it's a, it's a really good group, and they do good work. April twenty second is whenever they're going to have that uh, the, what I think what do they call it? Um, uh, pulling for freedom, I think, is what it is uh, out there. It's it's cool. That's a that's a fun cool. place. People haven't been out to shoot skeet there. So all right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm inside the Lloyd Noble Center getting ready for an action-packed weekend in Norman. Here's what's going on. Uh, first, this starts on Friday, a three-game set for the baseball team. They will take on Ryder at 3 p.m. tomorrow. $5 general admission tickets. Also on Friday night, the uh, OU women's gymnastics team will host West Virginia at 645. 
It's whiteout nights at the LNC tomorrow night. $2 sodas, small popcorn, and 12-ounce beers. 150 fans receive a voucher for an OU Women's Gymnastics coffee mug that can be picked up after the meet. Saturday, the uh, women's tennis team will host Arkansas at 10 a.m., free admission plus free coffee, hot chocolate, and donuts. Saturday, the OU women's team will play for first place in the Big 12 at 1 p.m. 1,000 white Riley towels will be given out, plus uh, 500 Maddie Williams banners. OU soccer will play a spring exhibition game at 1 p.m. versus UCO. Admission is free. 2 p.m. Saturday, OU baseball takes on Ryder, game two of that series. Uh, OU tennis will play later that night again against Missouri State at 5 p.m. And then, of course, on Sunday at 2 p.m., the finale of OU and Ryder uh, for baseball. Post-game Sunday, uh, run around the bases. Kids can run around the bases for free. Uh, for tickets, Soonersports.com. And this Sooner Weekly update is brought to you by Wade Electric. Your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Contact them at 405-329-1940. Text line wants to know if Baker is going to be at the spring game for Kyler's moments. Yes. Was it was, Kyler was here for Baker's moment uh, last year, right? Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm confirming uh, Baker will be here, even though I I haven't talked to him or anyone else about it. Uh, I have no idea. No, I don't know where Baker's going to be. I would, I would expect that he would be here for it, but who knows? April twenty second is the um, the spring game. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Ba- I don't. You think Baker will be there? I th- I think Baker will be here. Yes. Yeah. I you know it's. I I guess. <laughs> Who knows what he has going on, but Baker probably should be here. You know, if Kyler showed up for his statue dedication last year, it would be the uh, nice thing to do to show up for Kyler's. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. um, Baker can make it here. I'm going to guess that he probably is around here. Probably so. Which, by the way, is Mayfield, is he an unrestricted free agent right now or will be shortly? Well, wasn't he just on that one-year deal for Carolina? That's what I and think. then he gets traded, and I, 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 th- I think that's the case. Text line can correct us if it, if that's wrong, but I think that's right. I think he is. I will look up his contract, but um, I, I, that would be the only reason he, he wouldn't be here is if he had some type of uh, uh meeting, like visit, whatever. As he's trying to to pick up a an NFL team, but I don't know. I would expect he's here. Yeah. Uh, it might. It must be nice to be a Buckus winner and have the name Teddy Lehman to get to only work three to four days a week. That's a random shot right there. Uh, where is Sam Bradford? It seems like he never makes an appearance. Teddy, call him out, LOL. Uh, well, yeah, he doesn't. Um, he was here last year for Baker's – statue right i don't i can't i can't remember if it was that didn't he come back for some recruiting weekend that they had and everyone was going crazy about that he definitely made an appearance last year for something yeah he did he also came back the the year before that for the champion barbecue um 
Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I he was back here at, at some. Point. But I think he was. I think he was back last year for sure. I think he was back for the for the statue thing. I, he's he's he hasn't been around a lot, but he was he was around the last two years. I I would expect to to see him maybe a little bit more moving forward, but not like he's not going to become the new face of uh, Oklahoma football. I don't think. Uh, maybe Montana yeah. football up there at. Jackson Hole. <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. Everyone's saying like, "What? Where's Sam at? What's he doing? Why doesn't he ever make it down?" I've never been to Jackson Hole. You've been telling me to go take a vacation up there for about eight years now, and that's before the uh, the show came out that's so popular now. Apparently, he's got a pretty nice house up there. Um, I don't I don't know if I'd be leaving up there either if I had his setup. Well, it must be nice to. Uh... Be a Heisman Trophy winner with the name Sam Bradford and have to work zero <laughs> days a week. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure the text line got a kick out of that. Hey, um, are are you familiar at all with what we call the Big Four on Locked In? The uh, four defensive linemen OU's in on that are all ranked in the top nine in terms uh, of D linemen. Let me see if I can guess them. You've got Stone. You've got yep. the Winari kid out of Kansas City. Not exactly how you pronounce it, but it's acceptable. You've got the um, – hmm, I feel like there's a – oh, 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 the Durant kid, is he one of them? That's right. Zadavian yes. Sims, correct. Yes, yes, one more. Can uh, he get the last one? I'll be very impressed if you get this last one. Give me what state he's in. Uh, he's from the state of Texas. Dang it. That doesn't give me much. Um, I can't get it, but I think I'll know it as soon as you say it. Nigel Smith. It was a heck of an effort by you. I got to say, not a bad effort. So we've been talking about that a lot, um, on locked in. And we even had the thought yesterday of, okay, well you got three, five stars last year. Are you going to get fewer uh, five stars in this class? The same or even more? And we think that there is a world that exists. It may not be likely, but a world that exists where all of your five stars that you get in 2024 are all defensive linemen. And I don't think anyone would complain about that. At least the text line didn't initially, saying, like, if, if, the, if we get three five stars and they're all defensive linemen, I'll take that right now. Let's go. But you've got a chance at all four of those guys. And two of those kids have Oklahoma ties. We're trying to figure out, like, what's the acceptable number for this staff to land is it two is it three like in your mind not knowing every in and out about the recruitment but how many of those defensive linemen does OU need to land in this cycle um they need to land three of them three of them okay the Kansas City doesn't matter which three no the Kansas City kid the Durant kid and the Stone kid four star five star when Aries, the number one defensive lineman, Stones, the number two defensive lineman, Nigel Smith, the number seven defensive lineman, and Zadavian Sims, the number nine defensive lineman. Three of them. Land the two best defensive linemen and then land the uh, Durant kid. I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I say shoot big for it. Well, I kind of, like, I think the, it's all, it's going to be difficult and it's going to come right down to the wire. Um, it's going to come down to the wire even after those kids commit. 
They're going to be recruited hard to the bitter end. There's going to be contracts, numbers thrown at them the entire time. It's going to be really, really difficult, right? Um, but you've got the end with Stone. You've got the the end with the, the Durant kid. And you're starting to get some traction in Kansas. Like the Kansas City one is going to be the most difficult. But yeah, I and I I think it would be amazing if they landed all three of those guys. I guess I shouldn't have said that. Like that's the baseline. But well, it'd be all it would be all four. I mean, there's four that you have a legitimate shot at. I guess I feel like the baseline would be the two Oklahoma ties. Yeah, but here's the thing is, I mean, there's, and it's early, I know. We, we've been through this before, before everyone wants to text in about David Hicks, but there's a feeling that you lead for Nigel Smith, that you lead for Zidavian Sims, and even though David Stone is always flirting with Michigan State, that you lead for him as well. Williams Winery is the one that's, it's not a long shot by any stretch. You're absolutely in that mix. But it, I, I, it sounds like Missouri may be in the lead here, but here's, here's what I think, man. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad spot to be. If Eli Drinkwitz didn't beat Arkansas last year, he would have gotten fired. But he did beat Arkansas, and they gave him another year, and he finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. I looked at Missouri's schedule yesterday. It's not very easy. I think there's a world where Eli Drinkwitz gets fired at the end of this year, and, I mean, that could obviously change that recruitment no-use favor if, that, if that's what happens here. I know nothing about the player know nothing about his his family or whether he's had brothers or a dad or an uncle cousins that have played at Missouri uh know nothing about it he ain't going to Missouri why you just because it's Missouri why would you go there as a five star when's the last Makes time no sense. Missouri landed a five star defensive lineman um, I don't know about defensive linemen. They landed Luther Burden, a five-star wide receiver here recently. But it, It's going to fill – he may really want it, and that may have always been the place he wants to play. And right now it may be the overwhelming feeling that I want to go to Missouri. That's it. But he's, he's about to take trips to, I'm sure, Alabama and then Georgia and then Oklahoma and Tennessee and – he, I, if he goes to Missouri, congratulations for uh, for pulling it off. But the numbers and the recruiting pitches that these other schools are going to be throwing at him are going to be very, very hard for him to turn down. Yeah. But, Caden Green was his high school teammate. There's something there, you know. OU's got a nice little tie. He'll be on campus in early March for yeah. junior day. Hopefully they can make that happen. I mean, but – Here's, I know everyone's been down on defensive line recruiting for quite some time. Nothing's a guarantee in recruiting, and I'm not trying to say that you should count on three of these players being in an OU uniform uh, coming up next season. But this is, Teddy, this has been your best chance in a while to land multiple five-star defensive linemen. And I know only two of those guys are rated as five stars right now. But there's a chance that Nigel Smith out of Texas ends up as a five-star by the end of the cycle, at least by one service. Like, there's, It's not crazy to think that you could land multiple five-star defensive linemen. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe for some people. I get it. I, I, I've been down that road, too. I, I understand. But 
it almost feels like if you're ever going to do it, 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 it needs to be this year because they're just in a really good spot for a lot of these kids. Yeah. No, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that. And I think some really, really good momentum out of the program would go a really, really long way, right? Not disappointment and fighting negative narratives throughout the fall the entire time. Like to, to go out, win games, look good, have your defense starting to show some real signs uh, of improvement, that's going to help a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we got to get to what caught your eye coming up next. Huh? Well, let's do it. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? WYG Firm fights hard for you to get everything you deserve. Call or text for a free, no-obligation consultation. West Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Well, um, story number one, and it's the only one that I've got today, uh, the situation surrounding Alabama's Brandon Miller Jeez. has uh, has become more and more controversial as things have uh, has have unfolded. You had Nate Oates' initial comments that a lot of people didn't like. You had to come back and clarify later. Um, Brandon Miller, who reportedly got the text message from a teammate to bring him the gun, the gun that ultimately. Uh, led to the murder and he's still playing and matter of fact played last night scored a career high and hit the game winner game winning layup in overtime uh in a a game on the road where a bunch of people they were chanting all kind of lock him up guilty all kinds of things there um i think the guy uh did i hear this right on the broadcast said miller pulls the trigger during the game I, and oh, if wow. that happened i'm sure he didn't mean to but yeah it's probably not the best thing to say wow um just a crazy situation and it's it's hard to understand like, i don't know all the all the facts and how everything unfolded and you know, I know there's some people out there that are claiming that he should be charged and should be, you know, I, I, I don't know. I know that I don't, I don't find him totally innocent in the whole thing, just from what I've read and what I know. Someone texts you to bring their gun up there, and that gun ends up killing someone. Like you have some type of involvement now, legally. 100% you do. I don't know what it ends up being legally. And I don't know what he, what all he knew and what all he didn't know, but uh, that's the, you know, I think we can all agree that something went on there that's not right on his end. But what they're saying right now is he's not going to be charged. He's just a, he's just being viewed as a witness. Um, he's cooperated. Some of the reports about what went down during the the situation about him being in the verbal confrontation about his car blocking um, the car that ended up uh, the person was killed in. His attorney has said that those are not true and it's all on video. Um, you know, we'll see what how it all unfolds. But right now, at least the things that I've read not looked like it's going to affect his uh, his NBA draft prospects, which have him at 
the number five, number one player out of college, number five player perhaps overall. Yeah, there's a thought that we'll see if the SEC suspends him or not. I guess that's going to be kind of the storyline moving forward, but it's uh, it's an awful look regardless, especially with what Nate Oates said. Who? Um, I guess we're going to have severe weather on Sunday. How Does do that you mean know? we need to get? Uh, well, there's forecasts out there. Okay. And our and our uh, KRF Army weather experts, weatherman Jay, is saying that maybe we we need to get uh, Jaden Knowles on the show tomorrow to talk about the severe Ooh, weather. What do you that's, think? That's a good idea. Making a second appearance. Yeah. I'll I'll hit, I'll hit him up and see if he wants to uh, come on the show tomorrow. That'll be okay. fun. Um, it, would this be awkward at all? I. Vance Joseph used to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and that did not last very long. He didn't win a lot of games. I guess Sean Payton just hired him as the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. So in a place where he got fired, he's now coming back as the D.C. Is that not, is that not awkward? Uh, awkward for who? For Vance Joseph? No. Not at all? Uh, well, I guess I can't. I can't speak for him whether or not it's awkward, but... If it was awkward enough to be, um, you know, something that uh, he wouldn't have taken the job, I, I, I don't know. It's probably maybe he liked the area, maybe he likes uh, the roster, maybe he feels like that's really his specialty is to be in charge of a defense. I don't know. I wouldn't mind it. The checks cash just the same. Well, that's true. Uh, two more. First, CBS had a mock draft. They had Anthony Richardson going number one overall to the Indianapolis Colts. What? Surely not. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud look like the two can't-miss quarterbacks in this class. Even Will Levis is routinely ranked higher than Anthony Richardson. Is that true? Is there really a chance he goes number one overall? You're asking the wrong guy. I got to tell you, man, that – is going to be an incredibly hard sell to a fan base. Um, I I don't know if like they're getting that information somewhere. I don't know if it's a GM that is high on him, if it's a coach that's high on him, or if it's ownership. And in the NFL, you have those three, uh, you know, forces that are always kind of pushing against one another to some degree or another, and. Whoever it is, unless it's ownership, and even if it is ownership, it's going to be a hard sell to get that push yeah. through. It took him like four games this year at Florida to throw a touchdown pass. There, there that's, is a that's going to be a very hard sell. Big difference between I even the number two pick and the number like number one. You're saying this is the best guy in the draft, bar none. That's whew, I don't know. We'll see. CBS Sports had their uh, proposed Big Ten permanent rivals, like we've talked so much with the SEC. Looks like they might do the uh, 3-6 model as well. Um, and I don't know how they came up with this, but they're guessing that USC's three permanent opponents, Michigan State, Northwestern, and UCLA. UCLA obviously makes sense, but Michigan State and Northwestern, that's about as random as it gets for USC. Yeah. Huh. That is random. Look at USC, man. That's going to be – talk about uh, sticking out like a sore thumb geographically, culturally, uh, all of the above. That's going to be I, – don't you feel like Oklahoma and Texas fit way more with the SEC than USC and UCLA fit with the Yes, 100%, man, yeah. I mean, they're at least in the same time zone as some of the teams that they're going to play. 
USC and UCLA, they're two time zones away from everyone that they're going to play. Yeah. Well, you're right. Uh, I love this text message. Officer Teddy Lehman at your service with an emoji saluting. Uh, I guess that's because I brought up the Brandon Miller uh, situation. That's funny. I, yeah. I, really good. Yeah. Officer Teddy Lehman uh, taking you to break right now. Quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Quickly, here's the biggest spenders in college football when it comes to recruiting, Teddy. Here's the top three. Tennessee, $2.98 million on their recruiting class last year. Yeah. A&M also with $2.98 million. Georgia, $4.5 million at number one. Yeesh. Yeah. They doubled up Michigan, who was number six on that list. Uh, it it costs money to make money, and it's it's – I guess the numbers, and I don't know how they exactly allocate those and how you account for it, but I was kind of surprised at how small a lot of those numbers were. I thought the the expenditures would be higher than that, but yeah, it's it's no shock that they've recruited as well as they've had. People are going to have to catch up one way or the other. All right, quick timeout. We've got the final hour next.